Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Paranormal Journal. It is the day after Thanksgiving. Hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. Tonight's episode, The Landon House, and it's many, many haunts. I mean, this place was incredible. I had the Landon House for about five years. I investigated the Landon House um, pretty Pretty interesting how I found Landon House. <laughs> it was by pure luck. I was actually, uh, I'm a construction worker by trade. So I was working on a job and we went on lunch and we were actually sitting in a McDonald's and I happened to look across the street. There was a like a patch of woods and I seen this like really old looking house back there. And I said, man, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to check this place out, man. It looks pretty cool looking. It looks like, like it's really old. So I walked across the street down this little dirt road <clears throat> to the house. And um, there was sitting Landon House. I mean, this place was a, a gem in the rough. I mean, the place was it's gorgeous. I mean, Civil War era house. I didn't know how much it was involved in the Civil War until I, I met the owner. I had walked up to the door, you know, knocked on the door, and, and surprisingly, someone was there. I didn't think anyone was going to be there, but there was someone there. It was the owner. Uh, his name was Kevin Dolan. He had came to the door. He's like, hey, how you doing? I was like, hey, uh, you know, this place is incredible looking, man. He's like, oh, thanks. You know, I'm the owner. Um, it's a uh, Civil War mansion. It was It was a big part of the Civil War, the Battle of Antietam. He said, would you like to come in? I was like, wow. I mean, he was showing me all this hospitality right away. And I was like, sure, man. Definitely, I'd love to come in and, and look at the place. And he gave me a tour of the Landon House, and he showed me the Civil War drawings that are on the wall. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, they're called lightning sketches of the Civil War. Soldiers actually drew these pictures on the wall with, um, like, burnt uh, charcoal pieces from the fire 
and uh, they drew. He told me the Confederate soldiers had drawn a picture of Jeff Davis and Jeb Stewart on the wall. Well, after the Battle of Antietam, the Confederates had came in. I mean, the Union had came in, and they seen what the Confederates had drawn on the wall. And they drew a picture of Abraham Lincoln, and then they all signed it, the 155th Pennsylvania Volunteers. And they dated it, you know, after the Battle of Antietam. And, I mean, it was it was incredible uh, to see this still on the wall, you know, 150 years later. You know, it, it, it was incredible. A little bit of history of the Landon House is um, it was originally built in 1754 near the Rappahannock River in Virginia. In 1846, the building was torn down and was transported by barge to Georgetown before being moved again via the Potomac River to Point of Rocks. During the during the house. During the move, the house was added onto, with it eventually having like forty rooms. The property, the property that it currently sits on now, is is about six acres. But I heard they have, um, since the new owners have bought it, that they did kind of sell some of the property off, and now there's like a pizza place on it and a daycare and kind of, kind of really, I hate when people do that. I know they want to make money on the property and stuff like that, but you're really destroying part of the history of the house because it was involved with the Civil War. I mean, it was involved with the Battle of Antietam. Every, uh, almost every famous general was in that house during the Battle of Antietam. And, you know, that's one of the bloodiest days in American history. You know, I mean, it's the Battle of Antietam, bloodiest day in American history, you know, and... This house was involved in it. There was every freaking famous general that was in the Civil War was in that house. And uh, just to step into it, you're, you're walking into the footsteps of history. And uh, I tell you what, there's no short of hauntings in the house. I can, I, I can attest to that 100%. And I'll play some of the recordings that I've, rec I've captured over the years. Uh, you know, EVPs that I've captured over the years in, in the Landon house. They, they were incredible. I mean, the experiences that I've had there, not only myself, but the investigators that I, I brought in, uh, we actually actually, actually had uh, Dustin Perry there. Uh, we did, we were doing actually the paranormal journal show there probably 15 years ago. And Dustin Perry came in, uh, I invited him down. He came down. And he did the Paranormal Journal show, and he had an incredible time at Landon House. I mean, this place was phenomenal. the The amount of activity that you would uh, ha that would you, that you would encounter in one night was is incredible. There's not one time that I ever went there that it disappointed me. I never went there and not never had anything happen. Something always happened. Uh, between disembodied voices, footsteps, whistling. I mean, this thing would whistle a specific tune. I'm not going to probably play it on this episode, but um, it, we actually captured someone whistling <clears throat> in the house 
excuse me, I'm still battling this little freaking cough. But uh, we heard someone whistling at the other end of the mansion one time. And we couldn't really make out exactly what the tune was that was whistling, but we had recorders and audio equipment set up at the other end, and we captured it. And uh, we went back after after review, and we heard it. And I said, man, when I get back there, I'm going to whistle that tune and see if I get a response. And I'll be damned if when I went back, I whistled that tune, and they responded. And I was blown away. At first, I thought... Ah, man, that's, that's got to be an echo. That's got to be an echo because the house is really big. Um, it, it is a huge, huge mansion. And there wasn't a whole lot of furniture in there, so I'm, figure, I'm figuring, yeah, man, this is, this is an echo. It's an echo. You're, you're, you know, your mind's always trying to give you an, an explanation of what's going on, a logical explanation, and that's it's just logical thinking. You know, you're like, ah, echo. You know, that's an echo. So whistle it again. It comes back again. I'm like, it's got to be an echo, man. So I started whistling different tunes, like uh, older tunes, like the Anniversary Waltz and and uh, Swanee River, Dixie. I, I I used to like whistling Dixie in there a lot because it was a Confederate stronghold at one point, and I know the Confederates occupied it. So I like to whistle Dixie. And uh, it would it didn't whistle any of those tunes back, but when I whistled that specific tune back, it whistled it right back to me. It liked it liked that tune, and uh, I just it, it was just mind blowing. And and I wasn't the only one that heard it. Multiple people heard it whistling this tune back. Oh, God, I so miss the Landon House. This place was, it was incredible. It's its in Urbana, Maryland, uh, in uh, Frederick. Entrenched uh, in, in, in Civil War history. I mean, just, <laughs> it, it, it's unbelievable. I can read a little bit of the stuff that I pulled up on, uh, on the uh, Landon House in the Civil War area. Let's see. Uh, so at the time, at the time in 1862, Jeb Stewart stumbled upon the Landon House while he was having dinner with a local family. He stumbles upon the Landon House and just having a walk around the, the area. At the time, the building was was unoccupied. And uh, so Stewart discovers, hey, this Landon House it has a ballroom at the East End. So Stewart felt, well, I think we need a little break from the Civil War. And uh, he decides to hold a ball. He invites all the local women and all his top generals and, and soldiers to have a ball. He has a ball. And they call it the Sabres and Rosers, Roses Ball. That is a freaking awesome ball. The Sabres and Roses Ball. And... They have this ball during the Civil War. You know, I mean, this is right before before the Battle of Antietam. <clears throat> and uh, during the, the the ball, a report came in that Union cavalry, you, you know, sorry, Union cavalry were nearby in Hyattstown and uh, he, heading toward Urbana. <clears throat> Excuse me, dang, I got a frog in my throat tonight. Um, 
So the fest the festivity stopped, and Stuart and himself and his men they left they left to the picket post in Highestown that they were, they were threatened by Union cavalry. So <clears throat> when they arrived, they discovered that the Union soldiers had already been repulsed by the first North Carolina infantry. So they returned back to the ball and uh, continued the ball at, at the Landon House. Um, the Landon House, house has served a, a bunch of different things over the years. It was a, a military academy. It was a girls' school. Um, it was owned by the Stan. What was I think it's the Stanikoff uh, residence. It was the Stanikoff residence. They called it the Stanikoff House. It was a smokehouse. It was. I mean, it, it, it was. It was a silk mill. It, it served a lot of things. It did have slavery. They did have slaves at, at the Landon House. And from what I what I understand in the history is that they did house the slaves in the basement, and the basement was pretty damn creepy. And uh, we experienced a lot of things in the basement: footsteps and moans, and you know, we heard a lot of "Help me!" It's like "Help me, help me!" You know, you would hear this these creepy like voices. I mean, uh, allegedly. They kept the the slaves in the basement by dogs. The dogs, basically, if any of them got out, they would let the dogs out on them, and you know the dog, you know, dogs would tear them up. Um, there were hooks in the in the walls where they they changed the they you know they chained these slaves to the walls down in the basement. It it was pretty. Uh, I mean, it's a total reminder of the the black mark. On our, our country's history with, with slavery, um, it really makes you think. You're like, wow, how how could people do this to to uh, other other men and women? You know, with with no kind of remorse. You know, and, and then you wonder why the place is haunted because of all the, uh, the sadness and, and depression of, of of slavery, and even even the battle. It was it served as a field hospital as well after the Battle of Antietam. And uh, we did find pieces of bone in the yard. They had dug a trench in the yard for, uh, they were going to run some electricity. And uh, one of one of the uh, investigators found a leg bone, a piece of a leg bone. Uh, and he said, I think this is human. So he had took it. And uh, I'm telling you what, if you ever go to a haunted location, don't ever take an object from a haunted location because you're going to have some seriously bad luck and i'm not <laughs> i i never really was a firm believer in that until my friend took that bone and uh, he had a lot of really bad stuff happen in a short week that he had it and he wound up bringing it back um his dogs attacked him his dogs attacked each other and killed one of his other dogs um he his transmission went out of his car he borrows someone else's car. He's driving it. The hood flies up and breaks the window on that car. I mean, he he had a string of really bad luck, and um, I definitely think it was attributed to the bone. And he wound up taking it back and putting it back where he found it, and and he didn't have any more bad issues after that. But uh, the Landon House was man, I, I it's one of the most haunted places I've ever investigated. And I've investigated a lot of places. I've investigated Pennhurst, uh, 
Fort Mifflin. I mean, you name it, I've investigated it, along with a ton of residentials that I've investigated. Uh, hundreds of investigations I've been on over the years. And uh, Landon House is definitely in the top tier of paranormal activity. I've never had so much paranormal activity in all my life until I investigated that place. And uh, I am going to play some EVPs for you tonight, so if you want to put your headphones on, here in a bit, uh, you're going to hear some pretty cool EVPs. They were disembodied voices out loud, actually. I uh, set up a lot of static recorders throughout the house, and sometimes you wouldn't even be in the location, and, and we were hearing voices, you know, saying things. Um, it, it, it was pretty amazing. I I see my first shadow person was at Landon House. It, w it was incredible. Uh, and I actually had seen it with a friend of the owner he asked me to come there and do a private investigation with one of his good friends so i was like oh, yeah okay no problem i mean he isn't letting me in landon house and investigate whenever i want i mean i was there like i lived there i mean that's how uh, how much i was there i was there quite often and uh I actually had got the uh, Psychic Kids there with Chip Coffee, and I actually knew the producer from the Haunted series on Animal Planet. I talked to the producer. He got Chip Coffee and the Psychic Kids there. They did an episode, and I went there the week after the episode aired, and with this woman, we were doing a private investigation, and we were sitting on one of the couches looking at the front window, just being quiet. Seeing if we hear footsteps, you hear you heard footsteps a lot in there. So I said, let's just sit here and see if we hear some footsteps because you heard banging. You would hear footsteps. I mean, you would hear banging like someone running through the hallway, like a bunch of kids running through a hallway upstairs. It'd be like, boom, 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 boom. And I'm going to play one of the clips in here in a bit. But uh, yeah, we've seen a shadow person. It looked like a woman. Like in an, an old uh, kind of bonnet head thing, and but she wasn't walking, she was gliding. It was freaking awesome. I'm looking at the front window, and all of a sudden, man, I just see it's a woman. She's coming from the right. She comes across the the front porch. She's out on the front porch and just goes right, just glides right across the front window. And I didn't say anything, but the lady was like, oh, my God, did you just see that? And I'm like, you seen that? She's like, yeah. So I was like, I was hoping you seen it. And we're, we're, this figure was heading toward the front door. So I jumped up, made a beeline for the front door, opened the front door, expecting to see something, and it was nothing. But we both saw this silhouette of a of a woman it looked like a woman with the old time dress with the bonnet it was a woman for sure but it wasn't walking it was it looked like it was gliding i didn't see any kind of movement like walking it just looked like it floated across the window <coughs> excuse me and uh i was like oh my god but this wouldn't be the first time 
or the last time that I've seen it. You know, this wouldn't be the last time that I've seen this this shadow figure. I've seen another one. This time, I'm in the landing house by myself, and uh, all the investigators had went home for the night. <clears throat> Dang, gotta, let me get a drink of water here real quick. But all the investigators, they went home for the night. I was the last person in. I was always the last person in so I could lock up. I wanted to make sure the place was always secure before I left. So I'm in there by myself. I'm getting my gear together. Everyone's gone. And I'm probably in there maybe an extra half an hour. Just getting all my gear up. And it's very creepy in there at night. Don't get me wrong. It is freaking creepy in there at night. So, you know, I'm I'm a little one edge, you know, because I'm, I'm by myself. It's you're in a haunted location. It's it's creepy. It gives you the willies a little bit. It does. And uh, I said, "Well, I'm gonna start taking some stuff out." So I think I grabbed my laptop and I was heading for the front door. Opened the door, and uh, I stepped out on the porch. And lo and behold, there's a shadow figure on the porch, down at the end, looking in one of the windows. And I look. And it's just, it looks like it's looking in one of the, in the windows at the parlor. There's a parlor at the far end. And I stepped on the, the board, just one step, and it made a loud kind of creaking. And this thing turned. It looked at, it looked like it turned and looked at me, but it had no facial fe no facial features. It was just black. Nothing. It was a little, literally a silhouette of something. What it looked like a figure, almost like a a cutout that you would shoot at a at a range, like a gun range. But this thing had like uh, I want to say smoke. It looked like smoke emanating off of it. It was the weird. It, it was emanating off of it, but then returning back into itself. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, I was a little scared. I was like, oh, my God, uh, what the hell is this thing? I'm face-to-face -face with something that's literally like uh, maybe 15 feet away from me, 20 feet away from me. I mean, 20 feet's a pretty good distance away. And uh, the landing house was probably about 100 feet long. In the front but uh you know it, it was around 20 feet away and i was just i was frozen i mean when people say you're frozen you're frozen i was frozen i i couldn't move i'm like oh my god what am i gonna do if this thing comes at me what what's gonna happen i'm by myself it's a situation you don't want you're by yourself you're encountering something paranormal. This is like the worst scenario ever you could have. And uh, luckily, this thing was more scared of me. And it took off the other way, went through the railing, down to the ground. I just stood there for a few seconds like, what the hell did I just see? I was in total shock. Uh, and I went down to the other end. I looked to see uh, if I could see it again. I mean, I was a little, I was a little, you know, freaked out. But you know, I'm like, 
Yeah, I hope I don't see this thing like standing at the end when I get here. So I go, I look. There's, it's nothing. It, it's gone. It's totally gone. So I'm like, whew, man, that was that was weird. But it was on my mind the whole time I'm driving home. Like I'm looking in the back seat, hoping nothing's, um, uh, <laughs> nothing's got in the car with me and followed me home or something. You know, I'm like, oh my god, I'm freaked out. Totally freaked out. And uh, I actually, I had locked the place up, you know. Everything was locked up. So the next day, I get a call from the owner. And he goes, hey, man, you know, I'm going to have to bust the chops a little bit, John. I said, what? why is that? He's like, you left the landing house wide open, man. Like, all the doors were open. I said, what do you mean? He's like, both front doors. The landing house had a front, two front doors, one on each end of the, of the building. And uh, he said, both front doors were wide open, man, when I got there this morning. I'm like, Kevin, I locked that place personally myself. I said, well, weird thing is, I seen something out on the porch before I left. I said, but I, I, I was freaked out, but I did maintain myself. And I know for 1,000% sure I locked that place up tight he said man the doors were wide open when i came in this morning i'm like they were locked that i can assure you of they were locked and it it happened again probably a month later i locked the place up he called me again in the morning and said dude the doors are wide open again i'm like kevin those doors were locked i said there's something opening those doors that from the inside because there's no way someone opened them from the outside i locked them and uh, he's like, you know, I've never had anything paranormal happen here all the years I've owned Landon House. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I said, this place is really super active. Either you're totally ignoring what's going on here or they just don't like, don't like you or something. I said, because every time I've been here, the activity has been through the roof. I've had so much stuff happen. And not that I'm like looking for it to happen. It's just happening. Like, it wants to communicate with you. It's communicating with you. Disembodied voices, footsteps, bangs, uh, whistling, shadow people. I mean, things being banged on. I mean, it, it it's off the hook. Light anomalies. I mean, we were seeing wicked light anomalies in the place. I mean, these light anomalies are, are being witnessed by multiple people, not like it's just... Uh, me by myself seeing them, I'm, I'm taking clients in and these clients are experiencing this phenomena and they, they're like, what the hell is going on? I'm like, told you this place is freaking haunted, man. There's a lot of stuff going on here. And a lot of it was, there was residual stuff, which I think was the footsteps and stuff like that. But there were some really highly intelligent spirits that were in this place. I don't want to say they were spirits because they were saying random names that were associated with the house. It was say my name. Um, and some of the reports that I heard over the years were, you know, the owner said that he had a friend that stayed there and I actually talked to that friend and uh, that, that friend wouldn't step foot on the porch. He was scared to death to go in there. He would not go in the landing house whatsoever, but he did tell me a story. He had heard reports that the house was haunted. He wanted to test it out for himself, so he stays in the landing house by himself one night. 
by himself. He's asleep on the third floor. Third floor, really active. I mean, third floor is super active. There's a woman that haunts the third floor along with a man. Uh, you hear both of their voices throughout the night when you investigate that place. And I mean out loud, disembodied voices, you hear them. Uh, he stays on the third floor. I got the willies just talking about it. The hair stands up my arms now just talking about it because of some of the things I experienced up there were freaky as hell. So he's asleep. He's interrupted by something tugging at his foot at around 2 o'clock in the morning. He wakes up. There's a woman at the end of his bed. He can only see her from the waist up. She's glowing like this illuminating green kind of he said like a green kind of plasma and she doesn't have any clothes on from the waist up she's naked and but she's glowing green and he said he had never been so scared in all his life he had jumped up ran out of the ran out of the house in just his drawers out of the door got in his car and left and he never ever Went back into Landon House again. Never. When I talked to him, he wouldn't even step on the porch. He said, I will never go in that house ever again. What I saw, I saw was 100% not a dream. I was awake. I seen her. He described her to a T. He said, I will not go in that house ever. I was like, wow. Something really scared the hell out of him. You know, it scared the hell out of him, which <laughs> she's something like that. It's going to scare you, you know. <clears throat> um, so I, that was one story that I thought was really cool that, you know, he has seen this. And, you know, I captured this woman's voice. I, I heard her say stuff out loud. First time I was ever in there, she said my name and no one knew my name. I was in the house by myself and I hear a female voice say, John. You know, like, and I'm like, what the, what the hell? You know, I turn around, I'm like looking like, this is crazy, man. And I take a couple more steps and I hear her again. She says, come to the back room. She's like, come, you know, come to the back room. And I'm like, uh, no, I'm not going to come to the back room. I'm going to make a U-turn. I'm going to hit down these damn steps and out the door and wait for the owner. And that's exactly what I did. I turned around, I went back down the steps to the first floor, went out the front door, and the owner was just showing up, and uh, he's like, this is like one of the first times I ever even, I was, in fact, it was the first investigation, I'm hearing disembodied voices, you know, I'm like, this is going to be amazing, and uh, I went outside, Kevin was out there, I said, so what do you think, man, what do you think, you think the place is haunted, I'm like, uh, yep. It's definitely haunted. I just heard a woman say my name upstairs. She's like, get out of here. Get out of here. I'm like, dude, I'm telling you what I heard. And he said he had owned the landed house for 11, 12 years, never had anything happen. And then finally something happened to him, and it was the woman. He was like, man, I just had my first paranormal experience at 9 a.m. in the morning. I'm like, really? And it was in July. He's like, I'm up on the second floor landing. I was like, yeah. He said, I'm in my office. He had an office on the second floor. He said, I hear a woman say, hello? And he's like, hello? 
he thought someone had came in Landon House because they had a part. People did come in and they like to do tours, historic tours of, of Landon House. And he would give them a tour. And uh, he said, I got up. I went downstairs. He said, hello. And he heard hello again from the other end. He went to the other end. He's like, someone, someone's done to come in, but I can't find him. So he's looking around. He, he doesn't find anyone. He goes outside. He checks the parking lot. There's no cars. There's no one there. He has just experienced a paranormal event in the Landon house. And he calls me. He's all pumped up. I finally had something happen, man. I heard a woman's voice. You're right. There is a woman haunting this place. I was like, I told you, man, we heard her a lot. We've heard her multiple times in the house. So it's no doubt that you heard it. I'm surprised it's taken this long for you to, to hear it. But we've been hearing her. So we recorded her a bunch of times. And, you know, I'm going to play some of the voices that we've caught. This is one we'll call it. Uh, it was in the ballroom. No one was in there. I had a recorder going. And you're going to hear a voice say, Donna. It says, my woman was named Donna. And there was no one in our investigation named Donna. Never been an investigator named Donna. Never knew anyone named Donna. But it says Donna. So this was in the ballroom of the Landon House where they had the Sabres and Rose Bowls. The Sabres, uh, uh, Sabres and Rose's ball. This was the ballroom. I'm going to play this for you. It says it. Donna. I'll play it again. Put your headphones on. Check it out. It says Donna. Such a good EVP. I love that EVP. Donna. There was no one in the ballroom. You hear talking in the background. That's because we're on another floor. I have uh, investigators with me, and we're we're setting up cameras, and we hear this. You know, we didn't hear it, but we captured Donna on one of our static recorders. I mean, we're going to investigation. We're setting up recorders right away to capture anything because something can happen while you're doing setup. So you want to get your recorders out. You want to get try to get your audio up, your your video up, your audio out as fast as you can because you never know something can happen just like that. And if you don't have anything rolling, it's just a personal experience. That's it. You don't have it captured. You don't have anything on video. You don't have anything on audio. It's just a personal experience. So next clip. This clip is freaking awesome. Third floor, we hear voices on the third floor all the time. We hear a man's voice. We hear a woman's voice. The man's voice doesn't like you too much. The man, whoever haunts this, this man, he doesn't like you too much to be on the third floor. He tells you to go home, things like that, says things. But this is a clip we caught on the third floor. Uh, he had a room called the groomsman room because he used to do weddings at Landon House too, so. It was called the groomsman room. This is where the groom went before they had their weddings and stuff like that. And uh, this is this was the room. So I want to play this clip for you. Check it out. See if you can understand what it's saying. Could you please join? Uh, please join us here in this room. We just have a couple questions we'd like to ask you. 
if you would be so inclined to answer them. What the f was that? was that? You heard that too? Yeah. What was that, dude? That was very loud. Man, what an awesome clip. It just says something. We didn't, we, we didn't understand what it said. I still don't understand what it said to this day, but it said something. It was like, whoop, and you heard You hear a voice, and it's in the next room river. We just couldn't understand what it said. I'll play that clip for you again. Could you please join, uh, please join us here in this room? We just have a couple questions we'd like to ask you. If you would be so inclined to answer them. What the f was that? was that? You heard that too? Yeah. What was that, dude? That was very loud. I mean, you hear the excitement in, in the woman's voice. She was a special, she was just a guest of the owner that wanted, wanted us to do a little private investigation. With her. I mean, you hear the excitement in her voice. She's like, oh my God, yeah. You know, like, this is, you're hearing a disembodied voice, you know? And it, it, it's amazing, you know? If there's any listeners out there, you want to come in the chat room, come on in the chat room. If you got any questions, please ask them. I'll answer them the best I can. So, thanks for tuning in with me, Landon House Haunts. We're going to play some more EVPs. This is another one, third floor, groomsman room. It was the same night. We heard multiple disembodied voices on this floor that night. It was incredible. This is another clip we're going to play in the groomsman's room. Landon House, buckle up. Did you want to try asking a couple questions? Uh, yeah. What is your name? What the? Whoa! Did you hear that? What? Did you hear that voice? Uh-uh. Holy shit, that was loud. What did it say? I have no idea. I would have said, but it answers you. It was a man's voice. The same one we heard before. Oh, can you tell me your name again? <laughs> oh man, that was so awesome. That was so awesome. I'm gonna play that clip one more time for you. But it does say it does say it does say a word. It says go home. And uh it, it was awesome to hear that out loud disembodied voice and we had a special guest with us. She didn't hear it. I don't know how she didn't hear it, but me and the other investigator heard it. And I'll play that clip for you again. Did you want to try asking a couple questions? Uh, yeah. What is your name? What the... Whoa! Did you hear that? What? You didn't hear that voice? Uh-uh. Holy shit, that was loud. What did it say? I have no idea. I would have said, but it answers you. It was a man's voice. The same one we heard before. Oh, can you tell me your name again? <laughs> That's right, Green Eyed and said, go home. Uh, that was a freaking awesome clip. Uh, I, I still remember that to this day. It was, it was a phenomenal night we had in the landing house. It was phenomenal. We had a ton of activity happen on the third floor with disembodied voices like all night long.
and uh, we we used to hear the woman a lot. She would be throughout. You would hear this woman's voice saying stuff throughout the house. So one night it was me, um, uh, one of my investigators named Amy, and another guy, uh, Don. He founded the Harrisburg Area Paranormal Society with me, and uh, it was just us three. And uh, we hear. Actually, we didn't hear it at first, but Amy heard it. She heard a woman say, quiet. And uh, we didn't hear it, but it's right in the beginning. When I play this clip, you're going to hear You're going to hear a woman say, quiet. I mean, it's right in the beginning. We did not hear it, but Amy heard it. So I'll, let you, I'll play this clip and let you guys hear it. Yeah, we didn't hear it, but she heard it, and we captured it. It's right in the beginning. Just let, just let me know if you guys can hear it. I mean, right in the very beginning of it. So I take it you guys didn't just hear a woman's voice, did you? You didn't just hear a woman's voice? Yep. That's it. That's it. Sound, that would sound like an elderly woman. Yep. You're right. hundred percent. It was awesome. It was awesome. Um, we, we would hear like, like I said, like sound like kids running through the hallway. And one night a bunch of us heard just like, it sounded like a group of kids just like running through the hallway upstairs on the second floor. And we were, we recorded it. We captured it on recording. And, um, uh, this used to be a girls' school. It was a girls' military academy and a girls' a girls' home. So I'm gonna play this clip for you. You're gonna hear this. You're gonna hear. It sounds like running through the hallway on the second floor. <clears throat> Excuse me. That was super loud. I mean, you could really hear it thumping on the floor running through the hallway up there and um we were like well, you know, what the hell was that what the hell was that and that wouldn't be the last time we heard we heard like banging throughout the house like something banging on the walls and stuff i'm gonna play that clip again for you so you can hear it that is a pretty awesome clip I mean, it's pretty loud. It's echoing through there. It's so damn loud. And um, <laughs> sounds like your home, huh? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we were just like, what the hell? I mean, every time we were there, we heard tons and tons of stuff. It, it was it was a paranormal hotbed. I mean, it's, it's freaking amazing to experience this kind of stuff. I, I would. I wish I had the money to have bought the Landon house because I would have definitely bought it. Definitely. Yeah, cats. You see your cats are seeing things too, huh? Yeah, um, cats are really sensitive to paranormal uh, paranormal things. A lot of animals are, are, are sensitive to paranormal things. They see it. They experience They They feel it. And they'll react to it too. I mean, they'll, sometimes they'll get really violent and be barking and hissing and uh, I've seen it. I've seen it quite a few times where cats have 
they're hissing at something that's not even there. They're looking at something like there's something there. We can't see it, but the cat's seeing it. The dog's seeing it, but we're not seeing it, you know, and it's it's totally creepy. You're like, how the hell are they seeing that thing? And I can't see it, you know. It's 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 wicked. It's totally wicked. <laughs> I I I've been doing this for like twenty plus years and you know, nothing you know, nothing compares to having a paranormal experience. You you have these experiences and you're like, This is crazy, man. Like your mind's trying to give you a logical explanation for what just happened. And there is no logical explanation for what just happened, you know? And, um, well, you might be, uh, you might have a little, um, paranormal, you know, you might be like a medium, uh, a little bit there, green eye. Um, a lot of children experience things as, as small children. And, um, uh, they see ghosts and they see different things. And as they get older, you know, they, some people kind of lose that, that where they can see spirits and stuff, but the people that don't lose it, they're kind of like impasse and stuff. Like you said, they're kind of like impasse and, uh, there's haunted places and there's haunted people, you know, everywhere you go, you're going to experience, um, you're going to experience paranormal activity. It doesn't matter where you move, where you live. You're going to experience things. And uh, you'll probably experience these things your whole life, you know, your whole life. Uh, and most hauntings and investigations that we do uh, are based around an individual. It's not exactly the house a lot of times. It's based around a particular ind individual that's living in the home currently. Um, which is what I've been taught by, by, uh, Dr. Taff. And he, he said that quite a few times. And, uh, a lot of hauntings have the same similarities. Almost all of them have the same similarities. You have the same kind of stuff that happens. Um, but in probably 80% of the cases that I've done, it's been around an individual. The activity is based around an individual. And uh, it, it's fascinating because it's like a poltergeist activity, but it's also, it, it's like that person is fueling the paranormal activity and kind of creating it as well. It's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting. So I'll get back to Landon House. Like I said, the ballroom was pretty active. We had a lot of stuff that happened in the ballroom. And I'm going to play a clip for you in the ballroom that says, uh, it says, get out. There was no one in the ballroom, but the voice says, get out. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It says, get out. It's pretty clear. I'll play it one more time. Yep, that said, get out. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, you feel like yours, uh, yours kind of protects you. It might. You might have like uh, some kind of guardian angel or stuff. I, you know, I don't. I heard a lot about guardian angels and things like that. I'm not a big thing about heaven and hell. I, I do think there are things. There is 
but you know, I'll, when you die, you're not dead. You're not dead. You live on some somehow your subconscious mind lives on. Our bodies are created from energy. You know, we're we're our bodies are like like just full of energy. You know, so when you die, science says you can't destroy energy. So where's that energy go? We release into the atmosphere. But somehow, I think the the subconscious mind lives on, and you're able to communicate. Um, you know, it's it's really weird. You know, heaven and hell is. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm really on the fence with it. I'm Catholic, but I'm really on the fence with it. Um, heaven and hell with their demons, and like I said before, I've I've investigated a ton of cases and have been involved with some allegedly demonic things, but I didn't see anything demonic. Like, you know, I've said that before. I've seen people acting really goofy, you know, screaming a lot of profanities and stuff like that, but there's nothing really paranormal going on. Um, I guess, you know, in the end, we're all going to find out if it's uh, a real place or not, you know. Um, we're investigating a place right now that uh, is really active. And we're getting a lot of, you don't get a whole lot of cases where you're getting such intelligent responses. You know, you're asking a question and you're getting an intelligent response. Um, it, it, it's amazing. To have that happen, you don't have that happen a whole lot of times. Uh, that these things are intelligently responding to your questions, and just answering them is it. You know, you're 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 getting a, a response audibly out loud, and you can't see it. It's it's strange, you know. And I got a bunch of new investigators, and they're not really used to it. But they're experiencing it, and they're they're really liking it, you know. And they're like, "Wow, this is this is incredible! This is incredible!" And yeah, definitely, they want this thing wants to be heard. And it's multiple spirits in the house. It's an older house built in the eighteen hundreds. But yeah, they want to communicate, and they they want to let you know that they can hear you. Because I asked, I was asking questions, kind of to see if you know, I wanted to see. If it responds, so I was asking, you know, can you hear me? And I didn't get a response. I was like, can you hear me? Didn't get a response. And I just kept saying it, saying it, saying it. Almost kind of like programmed it to try to say something. And uh, didn't hear it, but in the next room, remember, I captured it. I captured a voice saying, can you hear me? And I didn't hear it. I was plugged into my recorder. I didn't hear it, but I captured it in the next room. And we're like I said, we're gonna do next week. We're gonna do a couple part series on this investigation, and have Nick, my historian and researcher, he's gonna come in, and he is gonna give the history of uh, this location. And we're gonna go through like EVPs, all the experiences we've had. The construction workers that are renovating the house have experienced tons of stuff. Uh, yes, we do use K2s. We do use K2s. And uh, <clears throat> actually, in this house, 
And in Landon House, we had a ton of stuff happen with K2s that uh, I can't explain. Uh, you know, we weren't getting any kind of EMF readings, any kind of milligoss readings, and then all of a sudden, you know, the K2, it goes off. And uh, I'm like, uh, I don't understand why the K2 went off, but then it went off. It was going crazy, and it then it stopped on a dime, and then we heard a disembodied voice. That was awesome. That was awesome. Yes, we used spirit boxes as well. Um, I'm not a big fan of the spirit box, but uh, uh, people use them. I, I have captured stuff on them that you know I can't explain. Shouting out names, you know, saying names that were associated with the location, and uh, we did a, a, an investigation in a residence, and they had captured a picture of a woman in one of their pictures, uh, like a side profile, and they were freaked out because they were like, there was no other women in this picture. It was just me and my daughter, and there's this woman with like a side profile picture, and I'm not understanding why she's in this picture. So I contacted the landlord of the house and he gave me some names of people that lived there prior. So I, he gives me a name. This girl's name was Carla. I, uh, <laughs> I Google this woman's name and an obituary pops up and I'm telling you, I'll be damned if it's not the same woman in the picture in the obituary picture as it is in the picture that the little girl took and uh it's this woman carla so we i said it's it's her i show them the picture they look they're like, oh my god oh my god and we actually tracked down the uh, family members and one of the daughters uh well, actually one of the sisters seen the picture and i mean it was it was pretty upsetting because they were all upset she had just recently died and they're seeing a picture of their sister and uh in the house and so we were using the ghost box and um we captured you know i said carla if you're here can you can you say your name through this device and it says her it says carla through the device and i can't explain that and that's using the old hack shack the radio hack shack that you make i made that hack shack 15 years ago and I still use it. And uh, wow, I, I was blown away. Oh, where the elder passed. Hospice. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of what happened in that case too. Her her son was being haunted as well. Uh, this he was being touched, and actually it, it escalated one night with. Um, um, they had found what looked like it, it what didn't look like it spelled help on the wall and blood. It looked like human blood. They took a picture of it, showed it to me. It was, it was freaking weird. Um, do we, do we set them free? Nah, we don't set them free because I don't, I, I have no special powers to set yours free and, uh, cleanse houses, that's all mumbo-jumbo stuff to me. Um, I was involved with 
blessing, getting houses blessed with, with priests and stuff like that. And, you know, it never worked. And um, it actually made things worse in a lot of cases. And uh, I stopped doing it because I didn't want to put the client at risk. So I stopped doing it. I was like, I'm not going to do that anymore because it's not working. And it's making things really bad. And clients had to wind up moving out of the location because of something that I did with a blessing. And it made things worse. And it never went away. And I did it in a lot of cases. And I've been in hundreds of cases. And um, it never stopped. And in some cases, it stopped for maybe like a year to six months. But then it came back with a vengeance. And uh, I said, no, no more. I'm not going to do that because I'm not going to put put a client at risk. I I, I uh, treat my clients like they're my own family. And I, that's not how I want my family to be living in fear. And um, I stayed, of course, with the family my uh, forever. You know, they're always, they're like a part of my family. and. Uh, I don't uh, don't just do one investigation and walk away. So this is what I caught, you know. Um, here you go, enjoy yourself. No, I, I don't do that. I stay with the family until until the end, whenever that is. It could never end. If it doesn't end, then I'm always in contact with all my clients, and uh, I have been for years. I have clients that I've had for fifteen, twenty years, and I still go back to their home and I still talk to them. I still message them on Facebook and email. And uh, if they want me to come back to their house, I'll come back to their house. And uh, that's what I do. I, I do this to help people and educate people too as well. Because, you know, what you see in the movies is not real life. You know, you see in the movies, these people are uh, helping, you know, doing, you know, house blessings and exorcisms. And they're, they're working and, they're, you know, everything's better. Oh, we did an exorcism. It's better. And uh, that's not true. It's not true. And um, there's a lot of paranormal groups out here that are doing that. And it's doing more harm than good. Like I said, I can I could probably go into most places to where they said they've done an exorcism, where they've done a blessing, and experienced paranormal phenomena right afterwards. Guaranteed 100%. And... Uh, I said, I, I won't put my clients through that. I'll give them the evidence that they need to say, hey, yeah, there is something going on here. And uh, I'm always there to uh, to help them try to get through this. And if they need me to stay in there and while they sleep, then that's what I'll do. You know, that's that's what I'll do. Uh, I do have a job. I do work a job. But, you know, if I have to stay late hours during the week, with them i've done it before and i will do it again um because i believe you know the client is always first with me um their, their safety is is the most important thing to me and uh, i care about them because it, it's a scary thing to have you know something happening you know paranormal in a house and let's say they're not understanding what's going on and then you have some groups that come in and they say, hey, well, you know, it's demonic because someone got scratched or, you know, it's not like that. If you got scratched, that doesn't mean it's demonic. You know, that doesn't that doesn't mean it's demonic whatsoever. That might be just the only way the spirit is able to communicate with you is by scratching you or 
touching you or pushing you or tugging on your hair or moving an object, you know, it doesn't mean that it's demonic, you know. It's just, like I said, I hate the the D word. <laughs> I hate it. And uh, I hate when groups, groups use it to, you know, other paranormal groups use it to to advance themselves in the paranormal field and the community. And, you know, I mean, like I said before, it, this demonic crap sells. It sells movies. It sells merchandise. It sells it sells TV shows. Let's be honest. I mean, look at Ghost Adventures. You know, everything they do. It's a demonic spirit and this and that. It's entertainment. That's all that is. It's entertainment. Are there things out here that are are seriously creepy and and uh, weird stuff happens? Hell yeah! I mean, you're you're experiencing something that's not supposed to happen. Things aren't supposed to move on their own. Voices aren't supposed to pop out of thin air when there's no one there to see them. You know, black shadows uh, zipping across the room. You're not supposed to see them. Is there are there are things that go bump in the night that we don't understand. And like I said before, we're not able to fully comprehend what's going on yet. You know, it's, you know, this is a pseudoscience that we're involved in. It's not a legit science yet. And uh, scientists don't even confirm that ghosts are real. People like us know they're real because we've experienced it. We're experiencing, not going to say it's a ghost, but we're experiencing some kind of phenomena that we we can't explain, and uh, it's it's incredible. I mean, I just like I said, I, I, I so many times that I've you know sat and and went over evidence and just banging my head on the on the freaking table to figure out what the hell, why the hell was this house doing? Why why is this house haunted? And the next one isn't. Yeah, I mean, you have a house that's hooked right next to another house, and they're not having any activity, but this house is. Why is this family being agitated by this thing and not the next family? It's just, it's, there's no rhyme or reason behind it other than there are haunted houses and there are haunted people that are experiencing this stuff. And, um, like I said, it's just amazing. It's an amazing phenomenon that, we we don't understand. We really don't understand it. And you know, you watch the paranormal shows, and like I said, they you know they all have the answer, and it's this and it's that, and they have no clue of what makes this stuff happen, how it happens, when it happens. Um, the only way we're ever going to be able to figure it out is if we can contain the phenomena. You have to contain it and run tests on it. To figure out what what makes it work, what how's it work, what's it, what's it consist of, um, it's just <laughs> it's impossible to contain it. It's sort of like it's like the movie Ghostbusters when it came out. You know, they made the ghost trap. That's basically what you would have to do to try to figure out what the hell makes these things tick, what makes them work, how's it work. You know what I mean? You'd have to contain it, you know? Yeah, like 13 ghosts, like Ghostbusters. You'd have to be able to contain it and run tests on it to figure out, okay, it's made up of this kind of energy. We don't even know what kind of energy it's really made up of. Uh, we know it. We, we think. We don't know. 
we think it's made up of electric magnetic fields and static energy and we think that it uses you know electric you know electric static stuff to to manifest and do things even use like i asked a question in the house where we're, we're investigating if it uses electricity to manifest and talk and do things and it said yes out loud it said yes and i'm like it said yes that it's using electricity to talk and and manifest and do things which is totally cool you know like it's awesome it's it's communicating with us and it's kind of giving us some kind of answer if if it's the correct answer you know if it's the correct answer so you know you're just you we're winging it you know what i mean we're winging it totally winging it and uh you know, yeah, it's manifesting. Like it, it's um, in this house, we've uh, been in. People have seen things uh, looking like a dog. You know, manifesting itself into like a dog and stuff like that. So, um, allegedly, over the years, they've seen people in the house, lights turned on, people walking around in the house, and there's no one been in the house. So, we've yet to see anything. Uh, you know, any kind of figures or anything like that but uh we we are hearing the disembodied voices and we did hear at one point a dog his nails kind of walking across the floor um which was very interesting um but we haven't seen it supposedly some of the construction workers had seen a black german shepherd in the house and uh allegedly one of the former owners did own a black german shepherd so um Supposedly it's a ghost dog, you know, but we haven't seen it. We did, one of the investigators did hear like a dog's nails clicking across the floor, but uh, we didn't see it. We haven't seen anything yet. We haven't caught anything on video yet, which I'm, I'm hoping we catch something. But we have a ton of audio we've caught over the uh, last three or four investigations we did, we have done in the house, in, in the house. Um, but man, I'm telling you, that place is super active, super, super active. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, I cannot wait to go back. We're going back soon. And uh, we can't wait to get some more disembodied voices and stuff. Let's see. You know what? Um, I definitely believe animals have souls without a doubt, without a doubt in my mind. They definitely have souls. Um, I had seen my dog, what I thought was my dog, two weeks after he passed away, I was sitting in my uh, living room and something came around the corner, size of my dog. Uh, it was transparent and just disappeared within a few feet. You know, it, it made a few couple of little advances toward me and disappeared. I was sitting with my wife and uh, it was, it was totally weird. I jumped up like, oh my God. And my wife looked at me and said, what is that? I said, that was the dog. She goes, what is it? It was the dog. Like it was definitely the dog. She goes, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, like freaked me out. I, I freaking jumped because I just seen something come around the corner real fast. And it, I was like, it's the dog, dude. It was the dog. And uh, I kind of got upset about it, 
I was happy, but I was kind of upset about it too because I, I was just, you know, I'm still grieving that he's gone, and um, it made me, it made me upset. And uh, but I was happy that, hey, maybe he's still here. And every once in a while, you know, I hear him jumping, like sounds like he's jumping off of our bed onto the floor. Or, I, mean, I have another dog since, but uh, and my other dog kind of, I think he experiences. My old dog too. From time to time, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, I definitely think dogs have spirits without a doubt. They're 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 beings like us, you know, and they become part of our family. Um, they're like your children, you know. They're fur babies, and when they pass away, it's um, it's tough. It's like losing one of your children. You know, you you lose your dog, and you're just like, it's hard to get over. It really is, and and that's why a lot of people, you know, I always say, ah, my dog, when this dog passes away, I'm not going to get another dog. And uh, it, the grieving process is so bad that you wind up getting another dog, and you go through it all over again. You know, you get that, you know, dog lasts ten, fifteen years, and it passes away and then you get upset and you get another dog to try to replace that one, but you never replace them really, you know, they're always still in your heart and you always remember you. I remember my first dog when I was a little kid, you know, and I still talk about him to this day. So you never, you never really forget about your dogs. You know, you get a new one, but you never forget about them and they're always still around. You, you'll feel them, you feel them. And, uh, I know I have uh, over the years. I've, I still feel, and I still, I wind up calling my dog that, you know, my old dog's name, you know, and I'll be like, I just called him, you know, my, my old dog's name was Ziggy, and uh, I'll call my new dog Ziggy sometimes. I'm like, get over here, Ziggy. And I'm like, oh, Christ, let's call him Ziggy. Like, <laughs> I mean, I was like, still thinking about him, and I, I have a new dog, you know, and I lost my dog, and that was, He's 10, uh, probably, yeah, about 10 and a half years ago. And I I still think about him every day. Uh, but, uh, you know, time heals everything, I guess. You know, I mean, you don't, you lose a loved one, you know, it's, it's you never get over it. It's just like an animal. You never get over it. it it's always in your heart. You know, they're always going to be in your heart. And uh, it's something you never really get over, you know, it's, Someone passes away, your family passes away, you know, you never get over that stuff. Yeah, that's wild, Ziggy. Yeah, my grandfather's name, nickname was Ziggy. Um, and that's kind of where I got the name from. Uh, that's pretty weird, right? Uh, that's totally weird. <laughs> so it's like one of these, it's like I always told people, like, sometimes it's, uh, you meet people, it's like you're destined to meet these people, you know. Um, there's like all these coincidences that fall in place. Like I never met you before. You're you're you know, your your brother who passed away, his nickname was Ziggy. My grandfather passed away, his name was Ziggy. These things are not coincidences that we've we've met, that you're on here and we've met. You know what I mean? It's not a coincidence. It's it's kind of weird. It's it's it is totally, totally weird. Um, and that's like that with paranormal investigating. You meet some of these people and the coincidences like 
you meet these people and you're like, the daughter might have the same name as your daughter or the brother might have the same name as your brother or your grandmother might. It's just, it's a weird 360 degree thing that happens. It comes around full circle and uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. Life's amazing. You know, I mean, the whole life and death thing is, is pretty amazing. You know, um, like I said, we're, we're all going to take that journey of dying, which is, uh, it's a scary thing. I'm scared of it. Um, but that's that journey we're going to take on our own. I definitely think that uh, there's um, something else. No, I'm sorry to hear that, that your brother died by suicide. My, I lost my cousin to the same thing. Um, he had a drug addiction and uh, he had hung himself. Sorry to hear that. Um, yeah, he he had uh, my cousin had committed suicide himself, and um, it wasn't an easy thing. My uncle had found him, and uh, yeah, he was just a young boy too. He was only uh, eighteen years old, and he he had committed suicide. Couldn't he couldn't beat a drug habit, and uh, he was just a young boy. He had his whole life ahead of him, and yeah, it's sad when someone he's so young. You know, they, they commit suicide because they think they have no no way out. And there's a way out. There's a way out around everything. You know, you don't you don't have to kill yourself. Um I know some people the people that do commit suicide, you know, they think there's no way out, but there's a way out, you know, and uh it just sucks that it happens, you know. It really does. And and it hurts the family more more than anything, you know. Um I know it, it hurt our family a whole lot. It it killed my uncle basically. My uncle didn't last two years after that happened, and uh, he passed away himself. And uh, but I think that contributed to to him dying. Um, he just he couldn't handle it, you know. It's a sad thing. It really, it really is a sad thing. And uh, but. Death is a sad thing. It really, it's it's scary as hell to me. I, I don't like it whatsoever. I'm not. I I know we're all gonna we're all gonna uh, experience it one day, and uh, it's definitely that journey you're gonna take by yourself. Like I said, you know, I've told lots of people it's not the point of dying. It's just the point of, you know, you're gonna not see the people you love anymore. That's that's the scariest part about it. Is the people that you love, you're going to miss them. Are we going to see them again? Am I going to be able to see them every day? It's that big mystery, you know. Am I going to, am I ever going to see them again? Or I'm not, you know what I mean? It's, that's the scary part for me. I'm not, it's not the part of dying because that's going to happen. We're going to die. That's, that's it, you know. But is it going to be the end? I don't think so. But it's, it's. I've just experienced way too much of my life and doing this paranormal thing to say that when you die, it's the end. There's definitely something else out there. Um, it's it's a humbling thing. Though. Like I said, it's, it humbles me. I I, I get kind of freaky, freaked out about it a little bit, you know, when I'm I'm sitting thinking about it and I'm just like, Wow. You die, you die. I guess it's gonna be it. Or 
I don't, I don't know. You know, I really don't know. I, from what I've experienced, I'm going to say that there's something else. You know, there's definitely something else. Um, I've just experienced way too much things, too many things, not to say that there's not something else after you pass away. There's some kind of subconscious mind that lives on. Uh, whether you go to hell or heaven or not, that's yet to be seen. You know, I ask that in a lot of investigations to to whatever's in the house, if there's a heaven and a hell. I never get a response. But I, I've had intelligent responses of people saying what they died from, which um, amazed the hell out of me. I, I, I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. Um, I was in one investigation, and I heard this whispering. I couldn't. Couldn't make out what it said at first. And then when I got home, I started listening to the recordings. I'm like, oh, my God, this woman's saying she died from cancer. And I'll have to put, I'll put that clip on here one day and let, let, let people hear it. Um, and she says, I died from, it said, matter of fact, it said cancer. She said cancer killed me. And uh, I was like, oh, my God, man. That's that woman saying cancer killed me. Um. But anybody out there uh, uh, listening, definitely go to Podbean and uh, follow my page because uh, like I said, I'm going to be doing this. I'm back in full swing with it now. Um, just kind of working out the kinks of, of the Paranormal Journal. I did this show a long time ago, probably 12, 15 years ago. And um, I'm back in the swing of things now with the uh, podcasting. It's going to get better and better as, as the uh, – the weeks and the months go by. We're gonna have some pretty cool guests. Definitely uh, follow follow the page. Uh, it's Thursday nights. I'm gonna be going live at 8 p.m. every Thursday night. Uh, next week, like I said, I'm gonna be going doing the uh, Marietta case that we've been involved with for the last uh, two months. And I'm gonna have Nick on doing the history. Nick's Nick's uh, Nick's one of my researchers. Um. It's going to be a two, three part series, probably. Um, probably going to have like a lot of guests on here. Probably, I'm going to see if I can get Jason Halls on here from Ghost Hunters. Uh, I've been I'm involved with with uh, Jason Halls with with the Taps family. Um, do a lot of his cases for him in Pennsylvania. Um, Doctor Barry Taff, going to get him on. Um, I used to be on Para-X a long time ago. Um, I got out of uh, Para-X. Um, just didn't like the way it was going. So I got out of Para-X and uh, didn't do anything for a while, for about 10 years. But now I'm back. Got a lot of different platforms with uh, podcasting. So I'm on Podbean right now. Um, but I am on Spotify and uh, Google and all that stuff. Um, the shows do broadcast on there too, but Podbean will be live every uh, Thursday night at 8 p.m. Uh, like I said, we're going to be showcasing a lot of our cases that we've done and we're going to do. Uh, no, nah, not TikTok yet. Um, just getting it started. I've only done this is my like fourth episode on Podbean. So, uh, but we're going to get out there to most of the platforms. Um, it's going to take a little bit of time to get get it worked back in. Um, but yeah, we're gonna have some pretty cool stuff. We're gonna do some UFO stuff. I'm definitely into the UFO stuff. I did experience uh, 
the UFO sighting when I was a kid. So that basically jumped me into paranormal uh, things. So um, definitely going to have some UFO people on here from MUFON. We're going to have some people from the BFRO on here, which I'll probably have. Uh, uh, definitely have some people from BFRO, BFRO and uh, talking about Bigfoot and cryptids and stuff like that. Which is really cool. I'm I'm into all that kind of stuff and uh oh, the clapper. I have to look at the clapper. It's easier on rules. Okay, I'll have to check that out. Um there's a lot of different platforms that we can uh, publicize here on Podbean. I have to look into the clapper. I never heard of that one. Um yeah, definitely get some people tuning in. Uh, we're going to be talking about all kinds of paranormal things. And like I said, I'll open the call lines up for people. If you want to call in and, and ask questions, I I will give you the true response, you know, a true answer to the best of my ability of the experiences that I've have had over the years. Uh, I love to give people the truth. I'm not going to give you a bunch of bull crap. There's a lot of people on here that, uh, nah, I'm not on Snapchat. Um, I got to get into all these public platforms. I'm, I'm uh, kind of an old school guy in the, the, all these new public platforms. I've, I've really got to get into them. Um, I guess the more you get into them, the more uh, I have to get my daughter. She's into all the Snapchat stuff and. <laughs> she, she can help me out with all the public platforms because I really don't know much about them. I'm an old school kind of guy. Uh, I'm not real old. I'm almost 50, but uh, <laughs> I'm not into all the uh, public platforms like that. I mean, Facebook and stuff like that I'm into. Um, but uh, we, uh, I am, you know, doing, I'm going to get it out there to a whole lot of other platforms right now. Like I said, I'm on Google and Spotify and uh I believe I will be getting on iTunes and Pandora, iHeartRadio, stuff like that um, real soon. Yeah, they have a process that they do that uh, you have to wait a certain amount of time to get on before they accept you. But, uh, yeah, um, yeah, definitely come back. It's going to be next Thursday. ought to be pretty cool. We're going to talk about the Marietta case. We're going to do a lot of things. I'm going to play one more EVP for you. I'll let you hear this. Uh, this was a clip we caught in the ballroom of the Landon House. And it says Amy. It liked, the, it liked Amy. She was one of my investigators. She's no longer one of my investigators. She uh, couldn't do it anymore. So I miss Amy, but she was she's a very good investigator. And uh, the, the spirits in the house liked her. I like to, like to say her name a lot. But uh, here's uh, here's one more. Yeah, yeah, it definitely says Amy. Real whispery. Amy. It liked Amy. Amy was a good investigator. And uh, Miss Amy, I wish she would come back to the group, but she was a real good investigator. I'll play that clip one more time for you. 
Yep, it was a female. It liked Amy. Um, Landon House, God, such an incredible place. I, I missed that place. Uh, it was like my second home. Um, God, that place was incredible. One of the most haunted places I've ever been in. And it wasn't nothing really bad there. We never had any bad experiences. They were always highly intelligent, uh, interacting with you, liked you to be there, liked communicating with you. I mean, we did get, like, get-outs and stuff like that, but it was not, nothing, everything, anything harmful or anything like that. We never had anything bad happen. Um, it was spooky. I mean, he has a little spooky things that happen, but, nah, that goes with the territory, you know? Um, so, yeah, tune in Thursday nights at 8 p.m. We're going to be talking about mad paranormal things like i said we're gonna have try to get some paranormal celebrities on here i know like i said i know jason personally i know uh you know from ghost hunters i know him personally um he's a really good guy really nice guy and uh i'm from arizona nice nice we're up here in pennsylvania so yeah you're out there you're out there in the you're out there. It's nice and warm right now, right? I guess. Well, I think it's getting starts to get cold, don't it? I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, know, I know it gets hot in the summertime. I knew that. Um, I always wanted to go to Arizona and see Tombstone. I, I'm a big history fan. I love, uh, you know, like the uh, shootout, the OK Corral, stuff like that. I, I've always wanted to go see Tombstone. So, um, but. Uh, do you get? I don't think do you guys get snow out there. I don't. I, don't, I have no idea. Uh, I know it gets. You know, you get toward the the Midwest, they get snow out there, but uh, get the desert and stuff out there, right? Um. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna bring on some paranormal celebrities, and uh, I just gotta reach out to some people. And there's gonna be some uh, places that we're gonna talk to. Uh, John from the uh, Octagon House. I just gotta set up a date with him. Um, they were Octagon House has been featured on the uh, show with like Jack Osborne and uh, his sister, and they're, they're starting to get pretty big. I'm going to try to get the ghost of uh, the the Mount Carmel on here and uh, the guy that, that lives in that house. There's some pretty exciting stuff like Dr. Barry Taff. Um, Dr. Barry Taff is uh, like the godfather of paranormal investigations. I mean, he's He's been a <laughs> paranormal investigator for 50-plus years, investigated over 4,000 cases, was involved with the entity case that uh, they made a movie um, in, I believe, 1983, I think it was. They made a movie about his case. It was called The Entity, where uh, a woman was being raped by a ghost, and he was directly involved with that case. It was, uh, like I said, Dr. Taff is, is, is one He's like the godfather of paranormal to me. Um, he's a wealth of knowledge. And uh ever been let's say have have you ever been to a closed prison? Yes, I have. I actually worked in a prison. <laughs> I worked in the Maryland State Penitentiary for some time <coughs> and experienced some paranormal things in the uh, lockup unit. And uh, <clears throat> couldn't explain. I heard movement around in the cell, like it was an empty uh, cell block. And I was working in that cell block, and uh, where the inmates were housed was on another tier. But we heard move. I heard movement in a, in a tier that was empty. 
and uh sound like two people talking and i walked down the cell block and i'm like what the hell why was two people talking down this tier get down to the cell we're here talking and there was no one in their cells i was like uh that's kind of weird but sounds do travel in a prison so you know it, it's it could have been two people talking through they like to talk through toilets and stuff like that i mean they can talk through toilets and stuff so it could have been that i, I really don't know but um yeah i have been in prisons i was at moundsville state penitentiary i did an investigation there with a uh, belgium film crew we did a documentary there and um uh, the uh the belgium celebrity was name was yanni klitzko i believe that's what his last name was it was some year it was probably about 10 years ago uh but yeah we did an investigation there and uh it was pretty awesome definitely haunted definitely haunted heard my name called in one of the cell block units uh we were in the sugar shack and heard voices in the sugar shack saying help me things like that um Super, super creepy. Prisons are creepy. I mean, a lot of people get murdered in them. A lot of serious, serious violations happen in prison. So um, it's it's no doubt that uh, they would be haunted. And uh, like I said, I worked in a prison system when I was a young man. I was uh, 18 till I was 23, 24. And I witnessed a lot of people being killed. And uh, well, actually, a couple of my friends were killed that I grew up with in, in the same prison that I was working in. And uh, actually, one of the guys I used to work with was murdered in front of me as when I was a correction officer. Uh, he was stabbed to death. And uh, he bled out right in front of me. I was, there was nothing I could do. You know, it was it's prison. You know, I mean, you can be killed in there. Just as easy as you can be killed in the street, if not easier. But yeah, there's prisons are definitely haunted. I mean, there's, like I said, there's a lot of people that get murdered in prison. Uh, I think one of the biggest ghosts at Moundsville State Penitentiary, they said his name was Red, uh, and they still have the um, the uh, the gallows. That's what I'm, I couldn't think of the name. They they still have the gallows at Moundsville State Penitentiary where they hung people. Uh, you drove through the Sally Port, and the gallows was through the Sally Port, and they would drop them down through the Sally Port, boop, and hang them. Um, yeah, prison's no joke. Uh, definitely wouldn't want to be there. That's for sure. Uh, I like paranormal investigating, and uh, I, I definitely would like to do some more prisons. I have been to Eastern State Penitentiary. Um, haven't been to a whole lot of prisons. Like I said two I've been in. Worked in one, but uh, I've been to like a lot of forts, like Fort Mifflin and Fort Niagara. They're all pretty haunted, but I really like doing residential cases. Um, they're they're my favorite. That's they're pretty much untouched. And if you're going to experience some real paranormal phenomena, it's going to be at those locations. You know, uh, you know, residential residential cases are. That's just my thing. I've always liked doing them. I like dealing with the public and uh, helping people. This is my is my big thing. I like helping people, and if I can and if I can experience the phenomena along with it, then you know, hey, I, I'm 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 a hundred percent. You know, I'm I'm win win. I'm experiencing phenomena. I'm helping these people, and 
I'm happy. You know, I'm happy. I'm happy in what I'm doing. So I was reading your comment there. Yeah, there's definitely some demented and tormented spirits in prison. That's for damn sure. Especially you get into like the uh, the segregation units and stuff like that, where they're they're isolated for 23 hours a day. I mean, that would drive me crazy. I know that. I wouldn't want to be in some prison for 23 hours a day. That would. Ugh. It was bad enough working in one. I could I could not imagine being locked up in one day in and day out. Oh my god, I couldn't handle where I worked sixteen hours a lot in the prison and I, I hated it. Um, like I said, I'd much rather be free and paranormal investigating, <laughs> definitely. But uh, yeah, definitely come back, join me Thursday nights at eight p.m. I'm gonna wrap this show up tonight. Um, it was a nice hour and a half uh, show. Thanks to the people that came on and listened. Uh, and uh, thanks, uh, Green Eyes, for coming into the chat room and, and, and interacting with the show. I had a great time. Come back Thursday, 8 p.m. Um, I'm doubling up shows this week just because I've missed the last couple of weeks because I was sick. So I'm just doubling up some shows, doing some live shows, getting uh, kind of caught back up. So. But my main show will be Thursdays at uh, 8 p.m. So I just did two shows back-to-back Thursday and Friday. But the next show will be on Thursday, 8 p.m. And uh, join me. Have a great weekend, everybody. Um, Be safe out there. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your loved ones. And uh, I'll see you next uh, Thursday, 8 p.m. Talking about our Marietta case file. Have a great weekend. Good night, all.